Hello and happy Friday to everyone and welcome to the Power From Port podcast. I'm your host Jamie and in tonight's episode we'll be previewing Showdown 50 Port Adelaide versus Adelaide in round 21 of season 2021. Played at Adelaide Oval tomorrow night at 7.10pm Central Standard Time. Okay, so we'll start off with the week in the news. So um, at the start of this week, we had, uh, again, just the club reiterating the prison bar stance uh, and us being not allowed to wear it. Um, I just want to be brief with this because I can't really say anything more um, than what a litany of people have already said, fans and professional um i haven't put my two cents in yet so i guess the my standpoint is i'm all for it absolutely you know i I don't think too many port adelaide supporters wouldn't be and if you're not i'd seriously suggest that you just rethink why it is that we're in the afl and what it stands for over a long period of time uh it it kind of hurts a little bit more uh especially seeing Clubs like Fremantle, Sydney, uh, and even Brisbane, when they play in Melbourne sometimes, all wearing heritage-style jumpers. And for us, you know, being the only suburban club outside of Victoria to enter the AFL, uh, we more than, more than deserve to wear it. And, I mean, our requests aren't that big one, two games, it really doesn't affect anyone. Um, It's just a huge symbol for us. But I think the thing working against the AFL is that the longer that they leave this problem, the worse it's going to get for them because we as Port supporters love a bit of a test. uh, And, you know, we as we know, we can't as a club sell a Port Adelaide prison bar guernsey with AFL emblems on it or anything like that. But we still have a team competing in the SANFL and we have historical jumpers that we can make and sell. There's nothing to say that we can't do that. Uh, although I'm sure some of everyone's opposition supporter friends will try and tell them otherwise. But um, with that being in mind, we can still buy prison bar guernseys yeah they're sure they won't be afl ones uh yet hopefully uh but uh, the, the longer and longer that the afl leaves this the more and more people are going to buy those throwback guernseys the sanfl guernseys um get their dads get their grandpas lace hug guernseys from back in the day and going to take them to the games uh so uh, what we may end up with is a crowd of, you know, thirty-five to 50,000 people uh, at any given power game, especially like a showdown if they still haven't approved it by next year, uh, all wearing prison bar guernseys and then the players are going to be the only ones without uh, at one stage. That's a, that's the kind of prediction I make. And what does the, what does the AFL do there when all of our supporters are all, you know, unified in their symbolism wearing that kind of thing, wearing the prison bar guernsey to, to the game. Um, they feel just, they're laughable on this issue. And the fact that it's gone on this long, is just ridiculous. Um, 
it was uh, Robert Murphy on SEN a while back when this first came up saying, you know, it's all about the romance in football. And like this harkens back to a great history and tradition in our club of success. And the pure fact of the matter is that there is a reason why we're in the AFL, as Darren Kay, who pointed out on Twitter this week, you know, we were one of the only genuine clubs outside of Victoria that the AFL wanted in the AFL and they wanted the Port Adelaide Football Club who wore a Guernsey which was the prison bars yeah sure it was black and white and we had to add a colour to enter the AFL we knew that because it was already a Magpies in the AFL that's uh, that's completely fair enough but it doesn't change the fact that they sought us out they wanted us in the AFL there's no reason why we shouldn't recognize the heritage or, or, or the Guernsey that we were wearing when they were coming after us to enter the AFL. It's just ridiculous. I fully support the club to um, continue to ask and continue. It's not going to go away. Uh, and I fully support that. I've signed the petition that's on change.org. I, um, yeah, anything that I can throw my support behind, I do. And I implore every other port supporter to just to remain in solidarity about this issue. Um, so I'll leave it at that. Um, that's where I send. That's my two cents. Uh, the other kind of, um, bugbear in the week, I guess, for a lot of supporters was the showdown ticketing situation. Uh, look, I, I know it, it's kind of easy to hate on the team across the road and things like that. Um, it is when you put it on paper and, and compare it hard up against our COVID affected showdown last year in 2020 uh, where we gave them 25% of the tickets in a tooth just around a 2000 ticket uh, game it doesn't really uh, it doesn't really transfer but considering that we had our home showdown early this year and it wasn't COVID affected as far as I know um, it may have been 75% capacity Um, it may have been 100% actually. I think that was the first game back to 100%. But um, so when you when you look at it like that, we've had two home games in the last two years and they haven't had a home game in uh, since 2018. So um, look, I wasn't going to go anyway. Um, I'm happy for the 350 Port fans that will get to go. And look, I hope that those are the people that we can hear and I hope that our guys do the right thing and win for those 350 Port fans that will be there and probably making the most noise. Um, yeah, it doesn't really phase me. I, uh, yeah, I, I can kind of understand why Adelaide have prioritised their supporters more. Um, and if we hadn't had a home showdown in two years, I probably would see us doing a, a similar thing, really. So, um, yeah, uh, moving on to the big story of the last few days, um, Taylor Walker Obviously, by and large, it doesn't really affect us. Um, he's a player for another team. I know we all like to hang shit on him. <laughs> it's pretty fun. He is a bit of a dopey man. Um, Mr. Potato Head, as some supporters like to call him and whatnot. Um, I guess from this point of view, we have ourselves as port supporters or our port um, identities uh, more, more recently in uh, Sam Palpepper and Paddy Ryder. We know how it is when opposition supporters and the media, particularly Adelaide 
supporters and Adelaide media have jumped on them in the past. And I guess our club goes about their business in such a professional way uh, and always has really, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, historically and in the early 2000s when we were ahead of the Crows um, from a performance point of view, we weren't really looking in the rear view, view mirror. However, when Adelaide were ahead of us in our dark days, you had people like Stephen Trigg hanging shit on us. Um, and that's where Keith Thomas at the time mentioned that, you know, rearview mirror comment where, you know, when we were on top of them, you know, we weren't looking back. We were looking forward. We were just focusing on ourselves. So I think it's important for us to just kind of take the high ground on this one. Uh, we wouldn't. So obviously, Sam Powell Pepper and Paddy Ryder, if it came out that they weren't as guilty as what the media was making them out to be. And in this instance, Tex has been found guilty. So it's a little bit different in that aspect. But look, from where I stand, take the high ground, just focus on us because we all know how quickly it can kind of turn. And we're striving to be the number one team in SA, um, as difficult a job as that may be, and a right step. Uh, no, a step in the right direction would be to just let it go, have a bit of fun with your mates at home maybe, but look, we, we got our own stuff to worry about and uh, and we we have shown time and time again how professional we can be as a club and that club involves the supporters too. So um, help me in uh, putting that viewpoint across and... Um, yeah, I guess to wrap that up, it's just a terrible week for text to text to uh, be found guilty of, of the uh, racial slur um, that he made. Uh, showdown week it couldn't be any worse for for him and the club, and um, I absolutely don't stand for that kind of crap. Um, it's time we'll grow up a little bit. It's twenty twenty one. Yeah, it, you just can't be saying stuff like that. It's ridiculous. And if anyone tries to tell you any different, just remind them that, you know, we've moved a long way. Um, it's time to be a little bit more mature. Uh, it's not weak or, um, you know, airy-fairy to be empathetic for other people and other people's cultures and their backgrounds. So, um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say on that. Um, I guess the last thing in the news this week was we finally got the AFL audited memberships. Like I mentioned in uh, last week's episode, um, we had a club record and uh, that's, uh, by, uh, for all intents and purposes, everything chucked together, uh, more or less. But then the AFL kind of does their own audit, which evens the playing field and makes it comparable throughout the 18 clubs. So that has come in at 56,532 members, which is uh, obviously below that 60,000, which we announced. Uh, but it actually beats our previous best AFL ordered a number of 54,386 in 2018. Um, so awesome work. We've got a new club record and, and again, something to go on as we head into our Chasing Greatness platform. Uh, it's a great effort. Like I said, with the club um, announcement last week, in such a trying time again, 2021, hasn't been all rosy. Uh, 
it's huge that everyone's jumping on board in uh, the capacity that they are um, to bring us that new record. So let's move into the game. Uh, so the ins and outs for both teams, we'll start with Adelaide. Uh, their incoming players are Riley Thilthorpe and Braden Cook for his debut. Going out is Sam Berry, who I believe was the sub last week, uh, James Rowe, uh, James Rowe rather, and Taylor Walker, as I mentioned, he's been dropped and he's got the suspension for six weeks. Uh, the ins for Port Adelaide are Robbie Gray, the showdown specialist, uh, and out goes Boyd Woodcock, who was our sub last week, and Todd Marshall, um, which is interesting. He was actually my uh, honourable mention for the last two reviews. Um, maybe a bit unlucky, but it, it's obviously a different game. Showdown outside at Adelaide Oval now, um, but he's the one that goes out. Uh, Adelaide's form over the last five weeks is one win and four losses. Their average win, or well, their only win, was uh, 19 points over Hawthorne, and their average loss for the four losses was 52 points. The average score uh, over the five weeks is 58 points for and 96 against. Our form over the last five weeks is a complete flip. Uh, it's four wins and one loss, still that Melbourne loss is hanging around in uh, being in the last five weeks, obviously. And that one coming at 31 points. Uh, but our average winning margin for the four wins is 25 points. Our average score has been 82. And our average score against has been 68. So a nice discrepancy there. Now the key points for the showdown tomorrow for me... Um, so... <sighs> Obviously, everyone knows that showdowns historically are different to any other game. It doesn't matter where you are on the ladder. Uh, we hear that all the time. I think we're hearing that more now from Adelaide supporters because it's kind of holding on. It's the last bit of hope that they have. But uh, coming to the end of the season, the Crows have been pushed around by some better sides as of late. Uh, sure, they started the year off well and things were looking good. Um, they had a couple of good wins, obviously the one against Melbourne at Adelaide Oval earlier this year. And I, to be honest, after that game, I was kind of worried forecasting to this showdown, but their form ever since has been pretty uninspiring. Their young players are looking a bit tired um, and being so inexperienced. It is a long season when you play a full season. And it's, again, it's been trying times to an extent. So it, it just, it looks like, it's kind of catching up with them. I watched the KO Mini of the Crows v Bulldogs game from last round. And as we know, playing in Ballarat a few times, there is a strong wind. Uh, they came out hard with the wind in the first quarter against the Bulldogs and banged on a few goals. Uh, but at, you come to expect that from this Crows team. Uh, although they are, uh, they are young and inexperienced, they have tried to play a bit of a contested game. Um, so they, yeah, they kicked a few goals in the first against the Bulldogs, but uh, from that point on, the Bulldogs really gained the ascendancy and, and put them away uh, as the game wore on. And again, the Crows just kind of looked flat. They got a couple of goals at the end of the fourth quarter, uh, but yeah, they just got pushed aside by a clearly better team um, in the Western Bulldogs. For me, I think that the midfield is their best line, much like GWS 
was when we came up against them last round, posing the names of Laird, Keyes, Sloan, Riley O'Brien, who was their best in Ferris last year. Uh, he's not having as great a year this season, but we all know what he is capable of. And then you have Seedsman and Brody Smith uh, on the wings as listed at the moment. So uh, much like GWS last round for us, we still have to be on because the game is won and lost in the midfield. It all starts there. So we have to not get drawn into some silly, you know, body-on-body tactics that they might might try and employ to try and shift our focus. We have to just attack the contest and take this really seriously because at the end of the day, like Ken said in his press conference, it's four points. We try and beat we try and beat the Crows every time we play them. We try and beat every team every time we play them. And sitting in fourth with Sydney breathing down our neck. We can't really afford to lower our colours. Obviously, we've been positions. We've been in positions in the past where we've been the underdog, and we've pulled off a, a couple of good wins uh, over the journey, um, which is fantastic. So it just goes to show that you know the favourite team, if they're not paying attention, and especially when the the Crows' best line is their midfield. Uh, it doesn't take much for us for it to turn into a dogfight and for them to give themselves the best chance. I don't expect it to, you know, I don't expect it to end up that way where um, they're gaining the ascendancy, uh, but it is a chance and we've all seen, uh, especially as of late around the competition, there has been some upsets that we weren't expecting. I know tipping is pretty difficult for me, Lately, uh, you think you've banked some easy ones when you put your tips in, um, and some teams tend to surprise us. So we've got to be on. We've got to be on in the midfield. Um, all those midfielders from Adelaide I mentioned—they're all averaging above twenty disposals. Laird, Keys, and Seasman are above twenty-five. Uh, probably their three of their best players this this year. Um, so. I mentioned it could be a grind, as we remember from the first showdown this year. It was a grind for the first half. The Crows really came out to play. I feel they were in better form last showdown, and we were obviously missing some key players from our side. Uh, but in a game in the first half, which was four goals six to one goals four, our way, we absorbed their... You know, I mean, one goal four is pretty uninspiring for half of football. But we remember it was just a bit frustrating. Uh, I guess we weren't converting as well as we could have and should have. And then we broke it open in the second half and ended up winning by a whisker under 50 points. So that could be on the cards for this game again. This will be... Coming to the end of the season, clubs that are on the lower end of the ladder look for games... To kind of, they look f- for whatever motivation they can to inspire them, and this will definitely be the Adelaide Crows' grand final for me. Um, it's their home game; it's a showdown, and they've got really nothing else to play for, and they've got nothing to lose really. So we have to be ready for that. Um, I, 
I think the Ollie Wines may get tagged. Uh, I think the showdown last time around was probably his lowest game for the season. I think he had the four, 24 disposals. So I wouldn't be surprised if like Ben Keys went to him uh, and tried to keep him quiet. Um, but in that regard, I would expect Willem Drew to step up like he has, especially in that Collingwood game. If Ollie's being tagged, uh, expect Willem Drew to go up in possessions. We all know he's a tackling machine and that won't change, um, particularly in this game. Uh, but if Ollie does get tagged or, or a Trav Boak, um, for that matter, we've, we've got Willem there who's really come into a, a great season and playing really well with the injection of Zach Butters, uh, Xavier Dersma and Carl Amon, uh, Zach Butters, Xavier Dersma, who also weren't there last time around against the Crows. Another change compared to last game is we've got a proper ruck tandem with Lysette and Laddams, uh, whereas we had the pinch hitters in uh, Dixon and Marshall uh, last time around. Lysette, it was one of his best games in the previous showdown, so you could expect him to come out firing obviously being a proud south australian port adelaide in his blood uh, he playing with that aggression this year he lifts for this kind of game and with riley o'brien not having as good a year last year i'd expect scott lyset to really uh take this one on grab the pull by the horns and gain the ascendancy especially similar to my sentiments coming up against mumford last game um, having Laddams, who is a completely competent ruckman now, I feel. Um, and just on a side note, you could probably attribute that to his uh, work experience while Lysette was suspended. Um, so like I said, with Laddams pinch hitting and wearing Riley O'Brien down while Lysette's getting a rest either in the forward line or on the bench, it just means that when Lysette comes back on, he's ready to go and can run through. Uh, O'Brien, um, moving forward, it, it, we're obviously not playing at Marvel with the closed roof and the perfect conditions anymore. Uh, it is due to rain in the morning and in the afternoon, I believe, and clear up somewhat come the night time. So I'm probably expecting a drop on return from the tools, especially with Todd Marshall going out. Um, yeah, uh, you know, there may, the conditions may make it a little bit more difficult uh, for them to contribute as highly as they did. Uh, if the game is a fairly standard showdown contested, um, if it's a blowout, they could absolutely get on the end of a few, but, uh, with Todd Marshall actually kicking a few goals as of late, uh, it means that Laddams will take probably the next best defender and um, there may be a drop. But having said that, with the weather um, maybe being a bit dewy from the moisture during the day and that nighttime uh, effect, uh, it'll just bring our small forwards back into the fold. And we, again, with them all coming back um, and getting that match fitness again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like I said uh, last time around, it, it really does pose a huge headache for opposition defences and coaches trying to set up because uh, 
as we've seen now, um, the tools are more than capable on the ground as well as the smalls. So when the tall defenders think that they've got a let off, it's sooner on the ground. And, you know, you had Laddams pulling stuff out of thin air with his crumbing and even Dixon got in on the end of a crumb last week. So uh, like this forward is primed and ready to go, uh, especially with our return of the front half game, as I've talked about a, a lot recently, I expect us to get it forward and keep it there. We're a well-oiled machine now. It's really our bread and butter. Sure, we may uh, it may slip through a few times, but by and large, if we're getting it forward, we're keeping it there and we're getting repeat entries and we're getting a lot of looks at scores, I believe. When you've got the likes of Butts on Dixon, as listed, you've got Dude on George and Dude could find himself on Laddams as well. Um, it's going to be really difficult, especially like Dude to me, he's a serviceable player. He's a strong player for the Crows, but I think he likes to intercept more than be a highly accountable defender. And it just doesn't bode well for them on, on paper. Um, but has played a lot of football. I think he may have played every game for the Crows this year. But he's a young kid, and <laughs> with the form lines intersecting the way they are, with the Crows on the way down, and Dixon in particular on the way up, coming into some fantastic form, he could have a day out and um, really put young butts to the sword. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be watching that keenly. Obviously, Chuck being one of my favourite players, and when he's on, he's even marking it in the wet. Um, we saw earlier in the week, as I shared on my Facebook page, that he's number one in contested marks and, um, yeah, really primed to hold on to that mantle for the rest of the season and hopefully add the 50 goals to go along with his 50-plus contested marks. Um, so, as I mentioned before, Taylor Walker is out. That's done. They're going to have to get over it. And along with Tex Walker going out, it leaves a massive hole in the Crows' forward line, uh, a hole to the effect of a 48-goal season with an average of eight score involvements. And Taylor Walker's actually in the top 10 for score involvements this season. So that is a huge hole to patch up for the Crows. And with our defence historically being our best line, probably lowering their colours to an extent over the last three weeks, but being very strong, being a very strong unit, um, Adelaide's going to have to work hard. And, um, I, yeah, I, I still wouldn't underestimate Darcy Fogarty uh, because he's a dead eye, as we all know, like... Look, I'm going to be honest, if I'm going to pick anyone to take a set shot for my life, it's probably Darcy Fogarty, as hard as that is for me to say. But I think every set shot I've watched him kick with my own eyes, he's put it straight through the straight through the middle. Um, last time around, they were trialling him in the middle, uh, the showdown I'm referring to, well, and that period of football for them. They were trialling him in the middle, and he tried some dirty stuff. Uh, he just looked like a fish out of water. Um, he's lacking in a few brain cells, I think. Uh, it kind of reeks of a, um, 
one of those big teenagers who were playing against kids and he's kind of come into the AFL against men and like it's a huge step up. Um, but I don't think we should underestimate him nor Riley Thilthorpe or Himmelberg because they are quite tall. And apart from Aaliyah, we have some undersized defenders. And I've mentioned before, and when we all know that Jonas and Mackenzie, uh, Ryan Burton, they all do play taller than their size. Um, but Thilthorpe and Himmelberg in particular are pushing that 200 centimeter uh, plus mark. And if uh, much like our forwards, if they're getting good looks at it, um, they are more than capable. So again, we're going to have to be on. We're going to have to knuckle down and just make sure that our system, uh, both in the defence but up the ground, is tight and not allow them to have good looks at it. It's as simple as that. So the last point I have uh, is written, Showdown 43, 2017. Um, now... <laughs> A lot of Port fans would have forgotten this showdown. Uh, I know I definitely wanted to, but I think it's important to talk about. You know, we could talk about all the all the great showdowns that Port have been involved with and, and won, going back to the first one where we've indicated our entry into the AFL by beating the Crows, who unfortunately ended up winning the Premiership. But um, or, or I could talk about, you know, the the fantastic come from behind ones in 2013, especially the last one at Footy Park, first one at Adelaide Oval, the underdog ones in 06, where we were the Crows were unbackable favourites and we toppled them, or the one in 2017, uh, the first showdown, which was a, a shit year, but we came back from 34 points down to him by 32. Uh, Stephen Motlop one, where you know. <laughs> It's one of those moments where you can literally feel Adelaide Oval stands shaking. But I've written Showdown 43, 2017. It was the second showdown of that year, and the final score read Adelaide 18 22, 130, defeating Port Adelaide 7 goals 4 46. Um, it ended up being an 84 point victory to the Crows. Uh, like I said, it's not one that we'd want to remember, but it's important for me to mention this one because in 2017, as we know, by that stage of the year, the Crows were by far the best team in the league. Uh, and we, although we made finals that year, we we weren't uh, we weren't as good as them. If we're really looking at ourselves and being honest, um, they had a lot of good players in, in good form. Uh, and they were obviously favourites going into that game. I believe it was their home game. And being the best team for that year, they absolutely put us to the sword and dominated us. And I feel it's important to bring that one up because I feel we're in a really good position to do something like that this weekend. We may not be the best team in the competition uh, by way of the ladder or anything like that, but we have a real opportunity and a real opportunity in history this weekend being a top four side who's coming into some good form at the right time of the year, coming up against a team who's in the bottom four, who could see themselves still uh, winning another wooden spoon come the end of the season. We need to treat this game very, very seriously. We need to knuckle down, put them to the sword and absolutely demoralize them because we are more than capable to do that and 
we are in a position where we need the percentage and we need the four points, but we really putting those to, to one side and to put it simply, we are far and above a better team and we have to show it. The four points is there for the taking, but an absolutely demoralizing abolition of the Adelaide Football Club is up for grabs. And if our players are serious, they'll take that on and they'll um, hand it to them likewise. Uh, so, and return serve for the time that the Crows did it back to us in that year. I, I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, it is really reflective, uh, in my opinion. Um, so those are my key points for the game this weekend. Uh, I want to move on to my prediction. I believe we're a two-goal... Look, I don't usually... Especially with the showdown and with what I just said in mind, I don't like to predict big wins, especially in a showdown. It's fraught with danger, um, but you've got to put it all out on the line. But looking at this both objectively and subjectively, but more so objectively, I believe we're at least a two-goal per quarter better side than Adelaide. So although I would like a 120-point victory, as I've heard a few poor supporters say this weekend, or some exorbitant number, putting it realistically, I think we're at least a two-goal, a quarter better side. So in that regard, I'm tipping us to win by eight goals, a nice 48-point win, much like our game earlier this year. We haven't seen our team run away with one uh, after being in good positions uh, in games. Uh, we have kind of uh, built a lead and won the game either in third or uh, third gear and um, or faced a challenge and, and had to knuckle back down. But, yeah, uh, my prediction is eight goals, two goal per quarter. Get it done, a better side. Uh, my best on ground uh, prediction is Charlie Dixon. Uh, I've mentioned... Uh, that it may not be a, a good night for the tools. Uh, that's something that we may have to prepare for. However, I did also say that Charlie Dixon is in some pretty bloody good form at the moment, coming up against a young key defender uh, who is, uh, yeah, in the context of the season, uh, they are on the way, do- way down and a, a big night for Charlie Dixon is right for the picking, staring at that 50-goal mark for the season. So uh, especially with some attention on Ollie Wines or Trav Boat coming their way, I predict, and the midfield being the better line for the Crows, I, um, I'm predicting Charlie Dixon to uh, get the best on ground. Uh, my big improver from last round, I've got Arazio Fantasia. Uh uh, obviously, coming back for your first game after such a long time out, um, I definitely wasn't expecting him to impact the game and put it on his back or anything like that against GWS. And uh, good on him. He picked up the one goal late. He, he didn't give up for the game. He clearly needed the run. Uh, so he had six shots on goal in the last showdown. He kicked a pretty crappy one goal five. He... he <laughs> want to improve, uh, he would have wanted to improve on that um, after the game. 
Um, so again, like I said, if you've got Dixon having a good night, being the best on ground, uh, he's also bringing it to ground. And, um, that's why I'm tipping Aratio Fantasia to be the big improver from last round. So my next segment is the best bet. Um, for anyone who got onto last week's best bet, uh, that one got up. So I've had a look at the markets and, um, Look, the line has blown out, especially since Tex has been dropped from the Crows. Uh, yes, I've tipped a um, eight-goal win. However, being a showdown and with that uncertainty and putting money on the line, um, I've tried to take it away from a margin-type bet. And um, I've gone Houston for 20-plus disposals. Now, on sports bet, you, sports bet, you can get that for around $2.00. Uh, like I said, my philosophy is low risk, consistent reward efforts, and um, uh, it'll generally land around that $2 mark because it gives you the best chance of return. So, look, gamble responsibly. If you're that way inclined, don't gamble anything more than what you're willing to lose. Uh, but Houston for the 20 plus uh, to bounce back from a, an 18 disposal game against GWS, I think. This showdown is primed for everything that I've spoken about. Um, uh, forward half game, good transition from the back. Uh, I expect Houston to have a good game uh, and clear that 20 disposals. So that just about wraps it up for me. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, again, uh, I, I'd appreciate a like on Facebook. Um, I really want to build. Uh, this podcast really want to build the conversation and if you're listening to me on any of the major podcast providers please give me a rate and review a good rate and review preferably uh, that would be much appreciated it'd really go a long way um, for me to do what it is that i do uh, so thanks for that um a review should be out of the showdown probably around the monday mark as usual um so thanks for listening go port hope we have a great win you guys have a great weekend but that's all for me and bye for now